0: Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington, where you will hear from the movers, shakers, and changemakers that are moving Greater Burlington forward. Here is your host, Stephen Brody. Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington. I'm Stephen Brody. Chad Bird is the city manager for the city of Burlington, Iowa. Chad came on board in April of 2021 and before that served as the city manager in Decorah, Iowa for almost 10 years. And before that, city administrator for the city of Adel, Iowa, Adele, Iowa. And then prior to that, the director of parks and recreation for the city of DeWitt, Iowa. Chad, thank you so much for coming in today. Yeah, thank you. Good to see you. My initial question would be, Chad Bird growing up, does he say to himself, "When I grow up, Mom and Dad, I want to be a city manager."
1: <laughs> no, not so much. As a matter of fact, my daughters still ask me, "What do you do again? What? How to what? What does that look like?" And you know, I just uh, spent a little time with uh, one of my daughters in Florida, and. Um, down there visiting my niece, her cousin. And, of course, anytime I visit any town, I'm walking around, I'm looking at things, I'm looking at that fire hydrant and that traffic light, and she just looks at me and rolls her eyes, right? (laughs) Why why do you do that, right? I'm like, well, that's part of my job, right? I like to see what others are doing. What's the competition? What makes one city more unique than another? So, no, you know, I um, have a strong sports background or event management background. Yeah. Um, worked for Indiana University in the athletic department for a number of years, worked with USA Track and Field. Um, USA Track and Field? What were you doing with that? Yeah, the national governing body is in Indianapolis. And so um, during my tenure with Indiana University, working with their sports um, programming in Indianapolis, I was able to make some contacts and network with uh, USA Track and Field. Indianapolis... uh, is home to several uh, NGBs, national governing bodies. Uh, gymnastics is their track and field, uh, rowing, etc. cetera. And uh, so I was able to build that network with folks at USA Track and Field and um, help them uh, manage a couple of their national championships. Uh, that culminated in my selection as a volunteer uh, to work the uh, 96 Olympic Games in Atlanta, Georgia. Because the, the local host... Governing body, USA Track and Field, yeah. essentially runs the meet, right? Okay. The Olympics for the track and field portion is a track meet yeah. at the core, okay. and so they're responsible for staffing and volunteers and all that kind of stuff, and so uh, I was able to do that. How so exciting. I, what, okay, yeah. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm just deviating, but yeah. so
0: what did you do at the Olympics?
1: So I was uh, on the field, uh-huh. and so that's kind of where I was going, Stephen, is to... <laughs> How how does that all tie to being a city manager, right? Well, uh, in 96 in Atlanta, I was actually there for the U.S. Olympic trials in June and then back down later July for the actual games. And I was part of the crew that was on field moving equipment around for all the different events. So it was time for the hurdles. We'd bring the hurdles out. Hurdles are over. We take the hurdles off. But now it's the pole vault. Bring out the pole vault. Javelins, move just moving all that equipment all over yeah, the field during yeah. the during the games for uh, you know whatever day's schedule it was. That was the so, Olympics with Michael Johnson, right, and his yeah. his golden shoes. That's if I remember right. That. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and it was Carl Lewis's last Olympics. Okay, uh, after four gold medals in the long jump. Yeah, um, and I actually have, uh, still to this day, much to the chagrin of Sally, my wife a box of sand from that long jump pit (laughs) uh, floating around the garage somewhere. Right. So, um, that's, but you know, I think during all that time, especially in Indianapolis early on, which is ultimately what led me to be, become a park and rec director. Um, and then from there, uh, the city manager that hired me, uh, to be the park director, uh, mentored me into this profession of, of city management. But, um, You know, during my time working with uh, USA Track and Field and Indiana University and uh, the city of DeWitt as a a park director, developed uh, my management style, right? Uh, Managing a city is different than managing a sporting event, but yet at the same time, it's some of the same things. How do you balance a schedule? How do you coordinate volunteers? How do you manage projects at different times and different calendars and uh, you know I think i've I've just always had a strong organizational bent to me and mm-hmm. I think that's one of the keys to city management is just being organized uh, and kind of directing traffic no pun intended right yeah. in terms of how i how I do what I do but most people don't know what a city manager is right it's and that's and that begs the question yeah. <laughs> right
0: <laughs> yeah so when you give your 30 second elevator speech you what uh, what does a city manager do?
1: Yeah, I, you know, the the best way for me to explain it is if you think of the city as an organization like a company, like Apple or Nike or, you know, Chevy or Ford or whatever, they, they all have a board of directors and a CEO, right? Uh, so you think of the city council as your board of directors. Yeah. You think of the, the mayor as your CEO, okay. right? Your yep. chief officer, even though he's elected. Yeah. The city manager would be the chief administrative officer. Okay. So the one responsible for the budget and the staff and the daily operations and just keeping things going the direction that your mayor and your council want them to go. They set the policy, I carry it out.
0: Right? Okay, now do you
1: bring... You, you have to bring suggestions, right? Right. So depending on scenarios or situations, um, I'll bring recommendations, whether it's for policy changes. Uh, you know, we need to change the speed limit or we need to install a school zone in this area or a crosswalk. Uh, working with my staff in parks, uh, parks and Rec or Public Works or the police department, uh, we develop those policy recommendations and suggestions and bring them. To the council uh, for approval for adoption of a policy or an ordinance, if it's a law like a speed zone or something like that. Mm-hmm. How much? How
0: much of what you do is originated through your office versus the city council giving a rec- a, a, a proposal, a suggestion, a recommendation to have you act upon?
1: Uh, it can really depend on um, kind of the situation of the day or. Uh, The mood of the public, if they see certain things, not too long ago, there were some concerns about speeding through school zones, for example. So that's part of the reason it's on the top of my head, because we've just kind of gone through this a little bit. And so the council might get a flurry of phone calls, or they might talk to people at a school meeting or something where, uh, you know, the, the, the public is concerned about safety in school zones. And so the council might bring that back to staff and say, "Can can you look at this? Does something need to be done? Uh, is there excessive speeding? Uh, are the school zones too long or too short or on the right time of days and you know those types of things?" Yeah. Um, for example, the the school zones um, in Burlington go till five o'clock. Well, they ten or fifteen years ago they went till three o'clock. Yeah. Right in the afternoon. So. Uh, We would look at that as staff. We would work with uh, the police department, public safety, public works, our city engineer, our street department, and we'd develop recommendation.
0: A lot of departments to talk to. Uh,
1: Depending on the issue, right? Uh, Now, we have guidelines. Uh, We'll have federal highway or state DOT guidelines to look at for some guidance there. And then we can report back to the council and say, we think things are fine the way they are, or we think you might want to consider this change.
0: What kind of a what kind of a challenge do you have when it comes to being asked to do something and then go back? Do you feel like there's an obligation to say yes
1: versus no? Yeah, that's a good question, um, and, and and that can be a challenge sometimes, especially depending on the topic. But ultimately. Um, And and this really, I think, for me, you know, I've been a city manager. I've been in the profession for 17 years. gets at the heart of the profession. Um, Professional management, and if you think of the alternative, um, you know, when you have a a council or you have elected officials maybe in the role of city manager, they can be more at the whim of the political well-being or... or, uh, political whim of the community, rather. When you look at professional management or somebody in my role, it really is, what's in the best interest of the city based on the desire of the council representing the constituents, right? Um, But that's not to say that if the council wants this, it's my job to tell them what are the ramifications of their decision? If they vote for this, here's what might happen. They don't vote for this or go with this policy here's what might happen, right? Uh-huh. Uh, provide that advice, that guidance. Sometimes it's experience. Maybe I've seen it. You mentioned earlier, Stephen, that I've previously served in decor and Adel. Yeah. Uh, maybe we've seen something happen or didn't quite work out in another city. You can draw from experience. I can draw from that experience. Or, or I can just call my colleagues in the next town over and say, are you doing this? Is this working? Are you not doing it? Yeah. You know? And provide that information to the elected yeah. officials so they can... Make the best decision for our constituents.
0: Yeah. And, and and that that is a good point to make. So you have a good working relationship with other city managers yep. that you could pick up the phone and they could do the same thing and, and ask certain questions.
1: Absolutely. And we do it all the time.
0: Yeah, and see how that works. Mm-hmm. Have you had situations, Chad, where and you've done it you said seventeen years you've been in the in the biz. Have you had situations where you gave a recommendation, maybe against what the city council wanted, and the city council went forward anyway?
1: You know, um, yes, I have. Right? <laughs> I mean, if you're in it long enough, you know, you, I would hope, I would yeah, think so. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, maybe one um, particular situation still kinds of float, kind of floats around a little bit from town to town, is the idea of golf carts on city streets. Sure, sure. And that issue's been around for a long time. There are provisions in state code that allow for golf carts on city streets in certain conditions. But the the local governing body, the city council, must adopt certain rules then to make that happen. You can't just do it because there are provisions in state code. Well, there was a group of citizens in Adel that wanted golf carts on city streets. Uh, it's an economical, easy way to get around a small town, right? Yeah. Obviously, we see it all over uh, golfing communities, anyway. Right. Um, but if you really think about it in a smaller community, what's a golf cart? It's just a small electric car, right? So what's the big deal? Well, in Adele, they really were kind of pushing this issue, and at first, the city council didn't want to do it uh, because the the thought is, well, you're just going to have a bunch of high school kids running around dragging. Racing golf carts down, you know, down Main Street, kind yeah. of thing. And but when you look at the state guidelines, they have to be licensed. You have to be a licensed driver. They have to have, you know, adequate brakes and seat belts and lights and you know all those types of things. So uh, we worked through all of that, and the city uh, of Adel did adopt golf cart ordinance allowing golf carts on certain streets, not all streets. You Can't drive them down a state highway, even if it's in the middle of town, right? Um. And it worked fairly well in Adel. Smaller community, about 4,000 people.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I get to Decora, and the same issue comes up again. Okay. And based on my experience in Adel, I'm like, you know, it's really not that bad.
0: Right? Okay, you, okay.
1: You, I would recommend you do it. Uh, they're, they can be environmentally sustainable. Again, it's, a, it's just a small electric car, right? So I went through all of this and explained the ordinance that we had written in Adel and the state code and the provisions and all these things but the city council in Decorah did not want to do it. They didn't want any part of it. And yeah. so they never adopted it during my time there. They didn't think that that was something they wanted in their community. So how do you
0: avoid taking things personally?
1: That's hard. That's been very hard for me. And uh, it's just something that I've had to develop over the years that, um, you know, I'm, I'm here to provide the best service and, and support for my community and my council uh, and the staff that we have, um, you know, we do get those phone calls on the weekends. We do see the Facebook posts that, you know, criticize a decision or an action. Um, but, you know, I think I really look at it um, from, from my perspective. People don't know what you're thinking or what's in your heart, right? But I know that I really have the best interests of Burlington at heart. I'm trying to, here to I'm here to make the community better. And if you take that, that mindset and you flip that and you look at the challengers or the detractors and think, they're really thinking the same thing. They really want what's best for Burlington as well. Uh, they're just coming at it from a different perspective. Yeah, It's not personal, right? So, but it, it takes time to develop that thought process and to really understand that we're all here to make our community better. We're just trying to do it in different ways.
0: Sure, what was it about Greater Burlington that, that captured your attention that, uh, that you wanted to consider coming and working here?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, I think uh, for, for me and Sally, it's, uh, I'm a champion for downtown. I love downtowns. And I think uh, small towns in Iowa, downtown environment in Iowa is something unique around the country. Uh, there's there's few, few places outside of Iowa that have the character and the uh, entertainment and events and things that, that we have in, in small town, the festivals. Every town has a festival of some kind, right? Um, and as I looked at Burlington, I looked at our growth uh, potential in the next, you know, five to 10 years and uh, the events and activities that we have going on, not just downtown, really kind of anywhere, but I'm um, my mindset tends to be focused on downtown sometimes. yeah, uh, It was really attractive to me just to see the next level of um, events and activities, projects. I'm an infrastructure project kind of guy too. I, I really enjoy getting involved in making things better, Yeah, physically making things better and making those improvements. And, Burlington has all of those things kind of wrapped up into one for me. Sure. Now, at the time that we're
0: recording this, this is in the spring of 2022, there is obviously a lot of activity going on downtown. There's a lot of uh, construction work happening. How have you been able to navigate that in dealing with the construction that that is taking place, and trying to stay up to speed with the business owners and keep them abreast of what's going on. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I kind of go back to some earlier comments. Um, how am I helping uh, juggle schedules or directing traffic? Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, we have we have st- staff people engaged in various aspects of the projects. Um, there are other organizations. You at the chamber, Amy at uh, Main Street, et cetera, That um, are engaged as well. I view my role as trying to just navigate and and schedule all of those different people in different groups. Um, but I also really enjoy getting out there and talking to the business owners about what's working or is not working. Yeah. Um, you know, last week we had some issues with some of the first phases of. Uh, the West End of Tiger Street in terms of uh, the Tiger project on Jefferson in terms of uh, how sidewalks are going back in um, and and so while i don 't want to micromanage or meddle in a project that I know nothing about, I want to get in there and try to be an advocate for our business owners in downtown because at the end of the day they're the ones that are Gonna live with this thing for the next fifty years, right? We're not we're not doing this again. So I right. um, well, hope not. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's been about 50 years since the last time we did Jefferson Street was mid-70s, early 80s, something like that. So um nothing lasts forever. But um just to try to be an advocate and listen to business owners and uh the end users, our residents, our constituents, I like to call them our customers. Yeah. Um And how they see things coming together and how can I help facilitate uh, a conversation between um, that end user, the business owner, the uh, citizen or customer, and our engineers and our contractors.
0: Yeah. One of the other big things that's coming to town is the Viking Cruises. Now, uh, I know that's been in the works for a while. I don't know if that was already in place when you came on board. When something like that happens, what what does the city have to do to prepare for something like that? You're you're going to get these big cruise lines, you know, docking here, yeah. and you're going to have hundreds of individuals that are going to be disembarking and going to be coming to shop and to dine and to sightsee and everything. So, in your role as city manager, what do you need to do to prepare for this?
1: Um, and so this is my first full year, and so I was here last summer, and so there were a few dockings last year, Yeah, uh, limited. Uh, this year now, uh, there will be more, and then my understanding is in 23, there's even going to be more on top of that, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because our downtown redevelopment projects will be done by yeah. 23, right? <laughs> um, all things being equal. So, you know, uh, for this year, it's really navigating our construction. How can we make it easy for you know, folks when they disembark to navigate our community and find their way around. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have folks that'll hop on a tour bus and go to a different parts of the community or Southeast Iowa. And we'll have other folks that'll just kind of wander around downtown for the day. And, and we want to make that a pleasant experience. So navigating our construction will be a foremost, uh, at least for this year, but generally uh, how are we presenting our community? Is it clean? Is it inviting? Is it well-marked? Are there wayfinding signs? Um, Again, kind of going back to other organizations working with um, downtown partners or Main Street, the chamber. Our uh, businesses open. Are they ready to receive uh, the res, uh, the the boaters as they as they disembark? Yeah. Um, how can we make our community as inviting as possible? And for those that might not have a, a planned excursion when they when they get off the boat, um, are we marketing or promoting things that we have for them to do rather than uh, just you know, wander around downtown aimlessly. Although we'd love them to do that because they tend to spend money, right? So, right, right. but we want them to to do things that are memorable, uh, and engaging, and and fun, so they uh, you know want to come back to our community yeah. after their excursion.
0: Well, and you've had some test runs with some other activities taking place along the riverfront. I know that because of the construction and parking issues, you had to adapt to that, and you were setting up shuttle services, is that right? That's right. To try to help mm-hmm. bring people.
1: Yeah, S- through the um, uh, Burlington Urban uh, Shuttle, the bus uh, system, which is our public transportation Um, because parking lots are, you know, kind of difficult right now. One of them doesn't even exist, although I think they're starting to put it back. Um, You know, we have uh, four or five or six other parking spaces in the downtown area. So how can we um, remind folks that those spaces are available, they're convenient, they're right on the main thoroughfares through town, and then connect those to the venue site with a shuttle bus service. And we've done that three or four times now. I rode one uh, here about three weeks ago for a civic music event, mm-hmm. and it was easy, convenient, no mess, no fuss, right? Yeah, it was great. So, anything like that we that we can do with the resources we have available, let's let's do it. How do we make it convenient and easy? So, folks. Yeah you know, can get around.
0: There can oftentimes be a lot of focus on what's going on along the riverfront, the downtown area, but there's a whole other part of Burlington as well. The whole Roosevelt corridor, agency street, that, that area. How, how are things going out there? Do you get much uh, attention? Is there, is there stuff that comes to your attention? How, how I guess, how is that part of town doing? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, my understanding is it's doing fairly well. Uh, we're still seeing some growth and development. Uh, we have a, a restaurant that's changed hands that's um, being redeveloped into something else. Uh, uh, prior to meeting with you today, I, I just came from a meeting on some develop, redevelopment in that area that a, a local developer is working on. So there continues to be uh, interest in out there as well. Uh, we just completed a traffic light upgrade so that all the traffic lights on Roosevelt will be synchronized, they'll be interconnected uh, via fiber optic. Uh, that's that's a big improvement, too, and that'll all be you know for traffic flow and safety.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that, and maybe you just answered it, is there anything that needs to be done out there that hasn't been
1: done yet, anything that's been brought to your attention? We have... <laughs> um, and I've, I've seen it, uh, a five-year uh, U.S. 61 study, needs assessment study. And other than 61 being four-lane, which is the big push, right um, part of that study I think is interesting that I, I would really love to see us um, put a little more effort towards it. Right now I'm not sure that there's any work being done on is a pedestrian crossing on 61 over 34, um, oh, okay. right now that's uh, really not a very safe condition. Uh, people walk it, and if you go up there, you'll see the footpaths, you know, just on the side of the road in the grass. Uh, that's less than ideal. Um, and this study talks about what that might take to either build a separate pedestrian bridge over 34 uh, in the 61 corridor, or putting something on that bridge. Um, attached to addition um, to get folks from one side of 34 to the other in a pedestrian mindset.
0: Yeah, Chad, is there such a thing as a typical day
1: in the life of a city Mm -hmm. manager? You know, many, many years ago, I had a reporter call me one day and ask if she could just ride along, right? (laughs) Kind of like we do sometimes with the the police department. You know, anybody from the community can... Can go down and, and do a ride along with the police, the police department, which I would encourage folks to do because it's really eye opening. Yeah, uh, yeah. So sometimes I you think, why don't you just come and ride along with the city manager? Right, as boring as that might sound. Uh, no, there's there's not a, a typical day. Uh, my day today started with a couple of s- small staff meetings. Uh, I met with the Greater Burlington Partnership uh, CEO. Uh, and debriefed on some projects. I had that meeting with the developer this afternoon. I was on the on a phone call with um, our financial advisor. We're working on selling some general obligation bonds for some of the infrastructure projects, uh, and so we're talking through what the market conditions are right now, uh, which you can about imagine they're tough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Markets were closed on Friday, and and they opened up today. Starting to creep up a little bit, so it makes it difficult when we start to think about selling nine million dollars in city bonds, municipal bonds. So it can run that gamut, right? Of of yeah. some kind of financial uh, discussion on bonds to you know just some minor staffing. Yeah. What, issue what too, kind of
0: so. what, what kind of changes do you have to think about like with inflation when when interest rates start going up? Does yeah. you know how how does that change? planning for well what, it what? does you know do we
1: do we do this project and sell as many bonds or do we uh, defer a project and sell less bonds if any bonds um, because maybe inflation's taking that jump right we saw it go about a quarter percent here a couple of weeks ago well uh, there's reasons for that you know nationally but how does that impact us locally in terms of what we're doing so right um we have uh couple of uh, sanitary sewers, storm sewer type projects that we're trying to work through with the EPA and the Iowa DNR. So some of those we have to do, um, but we also will have the ability to try to pull those back and put those on our own schedule if needed. What's happening in the markets right now might tell us that we need to take a break here for a year or two on some of those projects. Sure.
0: So. And and refresh my memory again, what is the... the- the form of government in Burlington. Because there's two forms of city government, right.
1: right? so you can have a strong mayor um, where the mayor's really kind of the city manager or city administrator. Yes. Um, we have the council manager form of government, right? That's right. So while the council's in charge, they set the policy, they're the elected officials. The city manager really runs the day-to-day operations.
0: Right, and, and that's Burlington.
1: And that's Burlington, right.
0: Okay, and you're comfortable with with that yeah set up
1: as i as I mentioned earlier, Stephen, you know, having uh, <clears throat> professional management um, takes the politics out of how many police do you have? Do you buy a new fire truck? Do you repave this street? Um, imagine if those were politically driven issues and what kind of I mean we see it sometimes in smaller towns, right? <laughs> You know, yeah. the mayor's son's nephew was arrested by the police chief, and now the police chief's not the police chief anymore, you know, and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So having a, a council manager, a government, can kind of smooth that out a little bit sometimes.
0: Okay. Well, in the remaining time we have left, what else would you like to share with those listening about Burlington and, and Greater Burlington?
1: You know, um, a lot of times we hear that uh, taxes are too high or, uh, you know, housing is unaffordable, you know, or unattainable and those types of things. And, um, you know, I've I've had the opportunity to live in several different communities. And every community is different. Um, and it's all relative and it's all in context. But we have an incredible quality of life here um, compared to other communities even that I've lived in. Um and certainly other communities that I know of, our taxes are not too high. Um, but again, you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. We have amazing parks. Uh, we have you know, uh, pools and the recplex and a golf course and the riverfront and all these just amazing. We live in a great part of the state with wonderful uh, quality of life, uh, wonderful police department, good public safety, fire department, um you know all those things <clears throat> come together to give us our quality of life. I think we have it pretty good here.
0: Chad Bird city manager for Burlington, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time on all things Greater Burlington. been listening to all things greater burlington with stephen brody be sure to hit the subscribe button to catch all new episodes to learn more about all things greater burlington visit greaterburlington.com slash atgb